Hi, everybody. Um, so we're back with a new series. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to go out this long. Um, we started with Holy Woman, and that was great. And then um, everyone was like, we want more. So we started to do Hamel Basada. And now, since so many of you have asked, right, I think that's, hi, Michelle. <laughs> I think that's how it goes, right? Like, everyone's like, well, since many of you have asked me about my morning routine, um, I'm going to talk about my morning routine, um, something that I've been working on personally. Um, no, it has nothing to do with contour or makeup or ring lights or things like that. Um, but it actually has to do with the morning prayers. And I'm so excited that you're all joining. So thank you for coming. Um, this series is going to walk us through Moda'ani, Nitiel Sidayim, Ashar Yatsar, Elkai Neshama, Berchus HaShachar, and it's going to be great. It's definitely um, away from the morning routine of like checking your Instagram and Facebook and um, stories and Facebook memories and all that stuff that we do, that I personally do in the morning. Um, sometimes I'll wake up at like, four in the morning and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I still have another two hours to sleep and I just feel so good. Um, but when you wake up that first time in the morning, how, what do we do and how do we get started? So when it comes to the morning, the first thing that we're supposed to do is we open up our eyes and we say Moda'ani. So Moda'ani is not actually a prayer that's straight up in tefillah. It's actually, it's on halacha. It's actually a minug that we took on. Um, and just so you know, these classes are based off the teachings of Zama Mindel and Rabbi Yassi Zakatinsky and Rabbi Nachman. So um, thank you for all their teachings. So when it comes to Moda'ani, the first thing that we do is we open, the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is we say Moda'ani. Now Moda'ani lefanecha, melachai v'kayam, shehechazarta bi nishmasi b'chemla, raba emunasecha. So what is going on here and what are we, hello everybody, still joining? Um, please, we're just getting started, don't worry. Um, so Moda'ani does not mention Hashem's name. So the reason that this has become a custom is because we are not allowed to say Hashem's name yet because our hands are considered that they're still tummy. So why are our hands tummy? So um, interestingly, our hands become tummy when we are sleeping for a few reasons. So one of them is that perhaps our hands have touched parts of our body that were tummy, that were impure. And also because when we go to sleep, sleep is 1 60th of death. Now that sounds very scary, right? Like what happens? We're dying. Hi, everybody waving. Um, it's if you just think about it, just like just an imagery of it is would be that our neshama is a balloon, okay? And then at night, the balloon goes up and like the string is still over here. And in the morning, we give a little tug and the neshama comes back. So when we're sleeping, we become impure and we're not allowed to say Hashem's name until we wash our hands. So therefore we say a small little prayer, we only refer to Hashem as Melech and we don't say his name until we wash our hands. And once we wash our hands, now our hands are pure, now we can say Hashem's name and now we can continue with the rest of our morning tefillahs. So let's try to understand a little bit what this means and what happens to us when we go to sleep and what does this impurity mean? So. Impurity is very hard to understand because it's not tangible. Like it's not something that I can put my finger on and be like, oh, I understand what impurity is. Because when we say tuma, tuma is something that we don't understand. So what happens when we're sleeping and what is this a metaphor for? So Rabbi Nachman explains that there are three states to our spiritual consciousness. Okay, so stage one is when there's giloy panin, when we clearly see Hashem, when it's like, 
out there in the open, there's a God and he runs the world and everything is like in his hands. Then there's stage two, which is referred to as Hester Panim, right? Hester Panim, right? Story of Perm, where Hashem was hidden. Hi, everybody, he's waving. Um, so what happens during Hester Panim? Hester Panim is when we know that there's a God, let's say, for example, like Hashem who created this world, but right now he's hidden. So there's, there's a world and Hashem created it, but right now he's hidden. Um, then there's the third stage where it's called Hester Besoch Hester, where it's so deep and so dark that we don't even know that there's a God. Okay, so the three stages, let's review. The first stage is revelation. It's so clear. Stage two is we know that there's a God, but like I don't know his name and I don't really see him very that, that often. That's Hester upon him. And then stage three is Hester Shabbosol Hester. It's so deep that we don't even see him. We don't even know that he's there. So how does sleep relate to all of this? So sleep is actually stage three. Sleep is when you're so deep and dark and in the clouds that you don't even know that there's a God. So you're not even aware that there's a God, right? You're in a place where it's so dark. I don't know for those of you, anybody else sleep with this? Like I sleep with sleep mask and earplugs and a sound machine. Cause like when I'm out, like I want to be out. Like my room sounds like an airport. There's like so many different sounds coming out of it. Um, sound machines are amazing and a game changer for kids, but like also for adults, like especially if I want to sleep. So when I'm in that deep, dark place, I'm in that cloud, I don't even know that there's a God. Then there's that moment where when you wake up, for like a split second, like when you're checking like your phone and you're like, I know that there's a God, but he's hidden. So I don't really know his name. And then when we wash our hands, all of a sudden there's like this revelation. Okay, there's a God in this world. At stage two, when we're like just waking up and opening our eyes and knowing that there's a God, but we don't know his name is where real Emuna kicks in, right? What is Emuna? Emuna is belief in God. If we're in stage one and it's so clear and there's so much clarity, it's like Hashem is here. Of course we know, like, of course we know that there's a God. It's so clear. Stage one, we don't know anything. We're out in the dark. We're in the forest. It's so dark. We don't know there's a God. Stage two is that iffy stage where like, is there a God? Is there not a God? And when you believe that even though you're still like, you know, connected to stage three of deep, dark place, and you believe that everything comes from Hashem, that's where real emuna kicks in. That's the, that's the emuna that's going to take you and carry you through your davening. That's going to be like your, like, um, the little juice shot that you take. I don't know for those of you who do juice cleanses, you take that one shot and that you drink that and that will carry you through the day. Why is there so much emuna at that specific moment? And why, when we wash our hands, is all of a sudden kiboy panin? So what does it mean? What are our hands? Our yadayim, our, our hands are what, how we connect to this world. We can connect to this world vis-a-vis um, -vis our hands, right? Our hands are our everything, okay? Our hands, for me, like if I don't have a manicure, I don't feel like I have anything done, but my hands, I connect to this world through these hands. And sometimes we think that these hands that we have are our own, right? The very famous Chazal, Kochi Be'etzam Yadi. My hands are what got me far in life, right? My, because of my education, I have a good career. Because of my, you know, excellent parenting skills, I have wonderful children. Because of the things that I did, I am now powerful. 
So that's the mistake that we have. When you let your hand, when your hands become tummy, what does it mean your hands become tummy? It become, means that you believe that everything comes from you and you don't recognize that the power is coming from Hashem. So at that moment, when we're still, our hands are still tummy and we can connect to Hashem in a way of gratitude and saying, Moda'ani, I realize that everything comes from Hashem. That's where true emuna comes in. That's where it kicks in. Emunascha balelos. Like at night, when you think that you... You don't know that there's a God. You're not sure that there's a God. You don't know his name. That's where real emuna kicks in during the Moda'ani prayer. And then if you continue with the prayer, it says, Moda'ani lefanecha melech chai v'kayam. Melech. In this tefillah, we refer to Hashem not by his name, because we said we don't really know his name, right? We refer to him as melech. And now all beginnings are always connected to the original beginning. And this beginning, this concept of melech, all mornings, by the way, are connected to Rosh Hashanah. And during Rosh Hashanah, we just experienced Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we refer to Hashem as Melech. Now, what's the difference between a Melech and a father? What's the difference between a king and a father? A king we don't see very often, right? A king comes and goes. He passes by the field, right? In El, he's HaMelech Basadeh. Um, sorry, I see somebody's question. Do we say Moda'ani, then wash our hands? Yes, that is the correct order. We say Moda'ani, and then we're going to wash our hands. We'll just, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but a Melech is a king. Sometimes we see him, sometimes we don't. A father, hopefully, is always there, you know, or at least he comes home from work every night, so he's there. But the king is something that we, somebody that we don't always see. So in this Moda'ani prayer, how do we refer to Hashem? Not as a Vino, as a Melech. As somebody who's there and somebody who's not always there, but when he does check in, we still have our amuna. No matter what, we still believe that he's running the world. There can be moments where we think our hands did this, we we created, I built this field, I, you know, I'm in control of all these animals, I, you know, built this system and this system, and I'm the CEO. There are times where we think that we did it, but every time the king checks in, we understand that he's the one who runs the whole world. So that's why in this tefillah, Hashem is referred to as Melech. And what kind of Melech is he? He's a Melech that's Chai and Kayim. Now, Chai and Kayim are actually opposites, okay? Chai means life, means movement, right? Chai necklace, right? Anybody, if you want to know somebody's Jewish, they like flash their Chai necklace, girl with no job, she's always wearing her Chai necklace, right? Chai is somebody that's alive, but Chai is always, by the way, if somebody bagels you, it's with a Chai necklace, right? So chai means life, means movement. By the way, we measure life and movement. We measure life through movement, right? If you want to check somebody's alive, you check their pulse, right? Because their heart is beating, that means that they're alive. So chai is movement, and kayam is actually the opposite. Kayam is something that's stable. Now, so how could you be a king who's chai and who's kayam? He's chai, he's alive, he's moving, he's going places, but he's also kayam and he's stable and he's stuck in one spot. So sometimes, by the way, we can associate nature with something that's Kayim, right? Nature is pretty much Kayim. I'm saying pre-corona, it was definitely Kayim, right? Right? Sun rises, the sun sets, kids go to school in the fall, they come home in the summer, not like now where it's like totally their home whenever. But for the most part, nature is pretty Kayim, right? The sky is blue, the grass is green, the sun comes up. The sun goes down. In the winter, we have shorter days. In the summer, we have longer days. I'm not looking forward to that because I have real um, change in the clock syndrome. I don't know if anybody else has that. Um, but for the most part, nature is definitely kind. Nature is consistent. And what ends up happening is, in a big nisayon of consistency, is that you just get used to the things that you have. Like, you 
it's the same shul, it's the same machzer, it's the same davening, it's the same benching. Everything just becomes kind of the same. Like Rosh Hashanah again, Shabbos again. We did this, my kids say this all the time. Like, but I benched yesterday. Like, why do I need to bench again, right? So the idea is that these things, they become consistent and they become staying and they become kayam and we don't see movement or change in them. What we learn from this phrase of Hashem is melach chai v'kayim is that even within the consistency, he's still high. There's still movement. There's still room for change. Um, I experienced this firsthand, and I'm going to share this personal story here. Um, about six and a half years ago, um, I was going through something at work where I had to travel very far from work, and um, I was leaving my house very early in the morning. And because I was leaving very early in the morning, there was a question that I actually asked my Rebetzin, Rebetzin Yeager, who I was very close with and um, have a chabura with for many years. And I posed this question to her, and I asked her if I should be leaving my house early in the morning because I have to leave my house early for the morning. Should my husband miss his morning chavrusa? Or should my Jamaican babysitter, who I loved very much, be there with my kids in the morning? So it was a real question. I was like very torn. I didn't know what to do. Should my kids wake up to my husband, but then home this is morning chavrusa? Or should my kids wake up to a babysitter so that my husband can learn Torah? And I was just crying when I asked this question, like straight up crying, because I'm like, I don't know, what does Hashem want from me? And she looked at me and she was like, Figgy, it's so silly. It's so simple. And I was like, what? She was like, Hashem is mechadish b'chol yom tamid. Every single day Hashem could change your reality. I'm like, I don't know if you understand. Like my reality is that I work for the Board of Education. This is my job. This is how it is. And this is it so. And I have to be at my job. I have to leave at six o'clock in the morning in order to be able to clock in at this time. Like, I was like, there's so much stability here. And she was like, not at all. Like Hashem can change it in one moment. And actually, I kid you not, um, this is not like a Pesach Crone story, this happens to me. Um, that coming up week, I had a professional development in the Bronx where I was working, and the room was filled with many people who were not Jewish, um, and I was sitting there in the front row, and I was very torn about my reality at that point, because like this was my reality, and this was my reality, that was it, it wasn't changing. But according to Rebetzin Yeager, she told me that Hashem can change my reality any day. Every single morning, Hashem can change your reality. Every single morning when you open up your eyes, Hashem can change it. And this nice firm woman was sitting next to me and she looked at me and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what are you doing here? And she's like, what's your name? And I was like, Figgy Bloomstein. And she's like, where do you, where are you coming into the Bronx every day? And I'm like, yeah, this is my job. This is where I work. And she was like, oh, let me help you. You live in Queens? Oh, you live in Long Island? Oh, let me help you get another job. And literally within moments, um, by the next September, I had a new position in Brooklyn with a firm supervisor and my life changed. And it was so simple like that. And so many times, like we wake up in the morning and we're like, another day, another Monday, another Tuesday, another davening, another chakras. Everything seems like it's just the same and the same and the same. It's so kayam. And every single morning we have to realize when we say, Moda'ani lefanecha melech, Hashem could change it in a moment. Just like your heart beats, Hashem can change your disposition just like that. He can change your job. He can change your role. That now you could even be home in the morning with your kids and put them on the bus. But now there's no school. So, okay. <coughs> but either way, um, for those of you who have school, appreciate it and don't take it for granted. Hashem is a melech that is chai and is kayam. He's consistent. There's that, but there's also room for change. Then it continues, that Hashem gave me back my neshama. So let's go back to that metaphor of the balloon. Every morning we give a little tug on the balloon and the balloon comes back to us and Hashem gives us our neshama. So this is actually a metaphor. You know, like when um, 
I have this a lot of time, like whenever I have parent-teacher conferences and, you know, some of my kids, some, all my kids are amazing, um, but some of them struggle in school, you know, academically. It's not easy. Zoom school is a dream for them. So I'll constantly like tell the teachers at like parent-teacher conferences, like maybe give them jobs, right? Like, you know, have them like collate the papers or like go to the office, get the stapler, like keep them busy, give them jobs because then they'll feel so good and they'll feel so needed. That's kind of like what Hashem is doing over here. Every single morning, Hashem is giving us back. Hashem really, definitely, He has, He believes in us. Hashem has Emuna in us. The fact that He gives us our Neshama back every single day means He has confidence in us. He's like, oh, Figi Bloomstein, you did such a great job yesterday. I'm going to give you back your Neshama. That's literally what he's telling us every single morning. He's like, you did such a great job yesterday. I'm going to give it to you again another time. And I like constantly think of my kids like who are going to like the office to like print out papers. Like that's us. And that should give us strength. That should give us chizah to be able to go through. Like that means Hashem believes in you. The fact that he's giving you another chance, he believes in you. So that's the concept of this Moda Ani prayer. Um, it's a little overwhelming to think that like such a teeny little thing that we say in the morning is so impactful. Um, and just to wrap it up, the concept of moda obviously is something that we're very much connected to here with thank you Hashem, right? Um, the idea of moda rhymes with the Hebrew word toda, right? Anything in Hebrew, whenever it rhymes, like Torah rhymes with ora. So that means that they're connected. Torah is light, right? So moda means to admit. And when you typically, when you admit something, you're actually the concept of Toda goes together with Hoda, which means to think, right? So the first time that um, we have this idea of Hoda, the first time we see someone properly thinking Hashem was Leah, right? When she had the fourth son and it, she calculated in her head, I know this sounds like a bad um, common core math problem, when she calculated in her head that there were four wives and each of them were to have three of the 12 tribes and then when she had the fourth, she recognized, oh, I'm going to have, I now actually have more than the other wives. So she named Yehuda, Yehuda, because Hapam Oda Es Hashem. For this, I thank Hashem. And this idea of thanking Hashem obviously comes from Leah. And this is something that we're trying to teach and bring out to the world. Um, obviously with the song and all the Torah and all the merch and all that stuff. Um, but this idea of thanking Hashem during a time when our Amuna should be like at like you know at the brink at stage two is something incredible because like think about it you're in bed right on a whim you're like opening up your eyes and you're waking up and then all of a sudden you're like at this moment when i don't even know hashem i don't know his name i know he's there but i don't know his name and i'm thanking him it's something incredible like it's a it's in a place where you're in a place of tumma right? You're in a place where you can't even say Hashem's name because you didn't wash your hands yet. And you're not in the proper, like pure state, but yet you're still thanking Hashem. It's something so incredible. The fact that you're in the deep down on the, in the dark on the bottom, and you're able to thank Hashem from a place of Toma, that's what's going to give you the strength, the ladder to be able to climb out and get you through the rest of the day. So Moda'ani isn't just a nice thing to say. Moda'ani is actually the it's the amuna. It's the Kickstarter. It's the boost. It's the, it's the the, the cleanse, the three day cleanse that you need to get you started throughout your day. So thank you so much for joining. I do see that there are some questions over here, so I'm going to try to answer them. Shirai, you asked. <coughs> excuse me. What does kaya mean? Kaya means something that's stable, right? Something that has a kiyam. A kiyam means it's stable. So sometimes 
we will state that nature is kayam. Nature is something that's steady, that's here, that comes, that goes, the sun rises, the sun sets, the moon comes up at night, the sun, you know, shines during the day. Um, that's what kayam means, if that answers your question. Um, okay. Thank you all for joining. Um, stay tuned for next week. We are going to tackle Anantia Sedayim. Then we're going to go to Asher Yatsar. We are going to go through al Kaina Shama, Berchas HaShachar. And I'm super excited. And thank you. Thank you, Avital. Thank you for joining. Um, if anybody has any questions, feel free to message me. And I look forward to this series. Have a great night.